world of real and virtual auto sport meets. Mad Sim Racing Media presents the Into the Apex Podcast. And it's Into the Apex, episode 15, first episode of 2021 uh, for MadSimRacing.com. As always, Tyler, Bradley, Rob here with you uh, talking sim racing and auto racing. And uh, we've got some goals for 2021 that we're going to get into uh, here in this episode. We're going to talk about the BMW GT3, Long Beach, Daytona 24, and some of the things we're working on in our own team. And uh, as we sit here, as we sat here doing show prep and talking about uh, what we're going to get into today, Rob, I think you went ahead and jump-started your uh, 2021 with uh, an addition to the rig. Yeah, just ordered the Thrustmaster Ferrari uh, race kit. It comes with the wheel, which is a replica to the, I think the F1 2000, I think the 2011 car. So it is an exact replica. All the buttons that you kind of see on that picture I sent you, they're not all functional, but I think there's quite a few of them that are. But uh, yeah. I kind of got it for myself because I asked for it originally for Christmas for my girlfriend, but then I remembered that we only usually exchange gifts every other year just because just, I don't know. We just, she hates exchange, exchanging gifts because she puts too much stress on herself about it. So we just do it every other year. So this was the off year. So I said, screw it. I'm getting it for myself. Yeah. You got to, got to treat yourself. I I thought it was interesting. It comes with the red Ferrari headset. So you'll look like a team principal. And then this will be your second Ferrari wheel, I think. You, this is the formula, and you're currently running the uh, just regular steering wheel. Yeah, I got the 488 Challenge Edition wheel. Huh. So this, yeah, it's uh, the formula wheel. I think Bre- uh, you're, you'll be the first one of us three to have that. Uh, and I was saying I have, I have the least tech wheel of us three. I've mentioned it several times as we talk uh, technology on the show. Uh, sometimes I'll force myself to hold my G29 like a uh, formula wheel when I'm driving the road cars just to kind of pretend, which is kind of lame. But uh, Bradley, you've got the BMW version of the uh, decent quality wheels. Uh, What do you see for yourself in 2021 as far as adding equipment? Do you think you'll shell out some more or, or what do you think? Yeah, maybe so. I mean, I, I'm kind of like you. I have the, the nicer wheel than the G29, which is what you have, but I still find myself holding it in the uh, formula style, which, I mean, really with this kind of wheel and especially at tracks we just ran at, like, Long Beach, um, you almost have to do that to shift and, and do the controls. Um, See, so yeah, I, I I would love to get the formula carbon, uh, which would be kind of like the uh, same, same price as, as this BMW wheel, um, but there's other equipment things I need in 2021 so i don't think it's going to happen for quite a while i need a lot in 2021 i mean i'm behind everybody every time we talk about it i say it i'm so far behind but to me if i could set up a lot of this stuff and and feel like i could do it without the full rig and the expense then i would probably do it but it it is a big undertaking it can be kind of intimidating from a financial standpoint and from a uh, putting it together standpoint at the same time yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, obviously you can you and me compete on almost the exact same level. So I mean, it's not like it it would make you faster. It's just about the experience and the authenticity and how it feels. Um, I mean, like I've said before on the show, going from sitting at the desk uh, and doing it that way with the desk chair and a mounted G twenty nine to just a rig and a G twenty nine made the world of difference to me. So that's where I would suggest you start. World of difference as far as uh, as, how, as how it felt realistically, yeah. or, or did you feel like it helped you improve? Uh, I would say both. I mean, I felt, uh, because with, with the rolly desk chair I have, there's no way I could get it the same every time. Um, and it's just the seating position wasn't comfortable. So from a level, level of comfort, um, it was, I mean, I'd say eight, probably 80% improvement in the feel. And it did feel more realistic to me, especially in VR, obviously outside of VR, I don't know. Uh, but, uh, in VR, having that accurate seating position made the big difference, which I think I mentioned before, but uh, giving you suggestions, I would go from there. Start from the rig and work your way to the equipment. Yeah, we've talked, you and I have talked a lot on, on different episodes recently over the last several months about our own equipment. And it, it is true. I don't think we've pointed it out before uh, as far as that goes. Uh, you and I are typically on any, even ovals. Sometimes I'm a little better than you. Sometimes you're a little faster than me. Uh, on road circuits, we tend to be uh, pretty even. We both run the Corvette class in our Monday night road series, 
And you and I almost always seem to uh, be around each other when it comes to GTEs and even LMPs. So it is kind of a of an interesting experiment, talent wise. Uh, we're pretty on the pretty level on that, and it'll kind of show if if you start to pick up and and I kind of get stuck and hit a wall. That's my biggest worry: is uh, am I hitting a wall that I don't even realize exists because I've never done anything else? Yeah, I mean that's a good question. Um, I mean, I th- and I think where I might beat you on the road courses. Uh, I mean, we we would have to put it to a some kind of thorough test process, but. Uh, my guess would be it's the load cell pedals would be the difference. In that's that's where I was thinking too, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I've asked a lot of questions about that because that's what I think about. And I kind of pay it to get self-conscious of it in test sessions, especially at Daytona lately, um, realizing, you know, am I how different am I breaking each lap? Because sometimes I can get distracted or out of it after a long run and I notice I start to lock it up or it's just not, not going. And I, I imagine you could do that in any pedals. It's yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, that's your response as a driver. I don't think it's, it's not like the pedals are magic and they're going to tell you exactly when to brake correctly, but it's different cool things that you've mentioned, like the vibration and, right. and things like that. Sure. I think that would help a lot. Oh yeah. I think that, that definitely improves just the, the, as you can tell, the information you get with the higher end equipment is much better. Um, what about you, Rob? Do you, have you noticed any improvements uh, with newer, newer and better equipment. Oh, it's it's a huge difference because exactly what you said. It's it's the amount of telemetry data that comes back to you that you're. That's the big difference. Like the wheel is a huge part because, like I said, I don't spin out just randomly as much. It's so much easier to catch things and feel it before it happens. And with the pedals, it's muscle memory. At least for me, anyway. Like it's only on my brake. My other ones are still. Um, I think they have hall sensors so like they're better than just like normal potentiometers but they're uh they're like i said there's a bit of muscle memory to it all now and that's a lot easier as opposed to say maybe with, i used to see what there have happened to me with the old kind like tyler might still have is after a long run and your brain's kind of getting more it's like it's hard to tell your brain to kind of send that same information lap over lap to okay press my brake this much and you know slow down this much it's it, it's definitely a lot easier uh just like i said over long runs to stay clean yeah i think i would i would pair it the same thing tyler i would say with the load cell pedals it's not necessarily that i'm sitting there driving and i'm like oh yeah these are load cells it's so much easier it's that like a case in point which i know we'll talk about later in the show long beach this week um in the bmw gte car um, a lot of important breaking points. It's so important to break at the right place or you're just going to hit the wall right away. Um, and it's almost mindless. Uh, after a while, you get into the rhythm and you know exactly how much pressure. It's not measuring your distance of what you push. And it's so much harder to uh, estimate the distance that you've done each time and do it the same. You're not going to push that pedal the same exact distance every time. So your laps are going to be a little less consistent. And that's what you're getting with the G29 as opposed to the load cell, which is measuring the pressure that you that you apply to the brake into the pedal. It's it's just much easier to to just throw it in the back of your mind and just continue doing the same thing and uh, be more consistent. And I mean So yeah. the G twenty nine G twenty nine has the uh, their pedals, uh, they have the the brake pedals stiff with a damper. And it's kind of I'm pressing my own right now as I sit here and it's easy to push that push and it, that gives you maybe close to half of the red bar on the brake uh, readings when you're in the sim. And then to get it to really lock up or to do any more, you have to really apply a lot of pressure on that uh, damper, if you know what I'm talking about, Bradley. Yeah. Uh, how would you compare that to what you have as load cell? And I'm, I realize a lot of people that are dedicated uh, and, and are listening probably know, know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. And I'm asking from my standpoint of having never used load cell, uh, for anybody that's maybe newer or a little more on a budget that's never that's like me have never used load cell what's the difference in that because a big thing i've noticed that i do is i will break every time to be consistent i will stop at where the damper becomes really stiff and i'm under braking or i'm locking them up because i'm under braking and panicking basically into the corner right. and that's where i'm noticing i'm having issues if i really had to analyze it uh, what difference do you you know when you went from that kind of damper uh, to the, the, the new ones, what'd you feel? So I don't know if I'm the best at putting that into words. Um, right. I, 
and again, I feel like we've talked, I know we've covered this before sure. and probably talked exactly about this, but just, just for the purpose of informing those who are trying to upgrade equipment for the new year. Um, so it's hard to explain. I've, I have sat here and pressed the brake um, on the G29 and on the uh, Fanatec Club Sport V3s. And uh, so the metal, the uh, plastic bit, that's a rubber bit that's in the G29, that's kind of like a stopper, like a dampener. Mm-hmm. Is I think that's only meant just to simulate the pressure of a brake. Right, yeah. There's nothing much, um, there's nothing really yeah. special to it. Yeah, so basically what you're, sounds like what you're using it as is just a measurement of how far you've put yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, the feedback. Right. yeah. Um, so there's nothing like that in the, in the, uh, club sport pedals, the Fanatec pedals, um, that I can tell. I mean, it's, it's really depends on whether you have, and that's, that's probably the benefit is you can do so many mods to these pedals. You can apply the uh, dampener kit, which I, I don't, don't use that. So I don't know what it would feel like, but you can imagine it would do something similar. Um, out of the box, they don't come like that. Um, so out of the box, they feel more, I guess the word you would hear a lot is spongy. A lot of people don't like that. Honestly, I've grown so used to it, I'm afraid to change it. Um, and as we've said before, a lot of people with the, the uh, V3 pedals opt to use the uh, brake performance kit uh, where you can get these special elastometers or whatever they're called and combine them as you want and get the stiffness of a pedal that you want. Um, and that might feel similar to the pedal that you have because uh, there's really not a lot of throw in that brake pedal on the G29. Um, out of the box with the Fanatex, there's a lot of throw. So a lot of, <laughs> excuse me, a lot of, <laughs> a lot of distance uh, that you're pushing the pedal to get to the very end of how far you can push it. Um, honestly, I never get there because if you really push this pedal down like I do when I calibrate, um, you're almost going to rip it off of your off of your rig. I mean, it takes a lot of pressure to get it all the way down. Yeah, that's where you, you initially didn't have your rig when you got the pedals and you were having trouble because right. it was literally pushing your... Oh, yeah your desk chair, pushing it back instead of the brake pushing it. Yeah. And you can adjust that travel amount. There's a red knob that you can turn like a screw. It has different uh, lines on it to measure it out and you can adjust the throw. I think I have it at maximum, uh, but I'm used to it. So Rob, you, Rob just uh, shared with us on text, um, a rig that looks to be, you know, pretty well budgeted is 53 us dollars or 53 to 76. But I'm scrolling down, Rob, and I see shipping U.S. three hundred ninety-eight dollars. Oh, was it? I didn't see. What that am part. I looking at here? I didn't see that part. That's crazy. There's that can't be right. The rig itself is fifty-three dollars in U in the U.S., but shipping U.S. three ninety-eight and twelve cents. Wow, that's, that's crazy. crazy. I didn't even look at the shipping. <laughs> so that's on AliExpress. I was, I was like, and, I was like, man, you find so many knockoffs of these types of rigs. Yeah, I mean, I it doesn't look it doesn't look dirty. Yeah. Uh, it looks like a rig made of what would you say? Uh, what are those things? What are the things that hold hold uh, window curtains? There's really uh, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> made out of clothes hangers. Yeah, the seat, uh, made out of. seat looks really small. Yeah, it's it's fifty. So it's, it's not even big. Child right. seat. It's uh, it's what you put a three year old in in the back seat of a car. It looks like a scam. It's like the price is either fifty three thirty or seventy six fifty one. So oh, I see it's, now. Uh, it's seventy six for the seat and fifty three for the frame. Oh, I see. oh, and then, and then to ship all of that high it's quality from China, three hundred and ninety eight dollars. Crazy because it ships from yeah, ships yeah. from China. It says here ships from, and you have a choice of a box to choose, and the only choice is China. That's terrible. Well, I mean, I got my Definitely. Apple Watch from China. Yeah. Hey. I don't think I'll be buying that, but that's the question for me. Uh, the question for me is in 2021, will I get a rig and upgrade or will I continue to Timmy Hill it uh, or will I downgrade to the Momo that's in my uh, closet? Because I do have the Momo, which I started with last February. Well, I haven't, I haven't sold the G29 yet. I need to do that. Yeah. You're, we'll see what happens with that. Um, what I probably do, will just let you upgrade Bradley and then I'll have you uh, send me or, haul up your rig already built and uh that sounds like a good plan no building required it's already been tested and uh and go from there so that's equipment as far as uh, we could call it new year's resolutions for 2021 on iRacing what are some things that that uh that you guys have have in mind for this new year rob it's your second full year of sim racing uh for me it's my second year back into it after a long time out bradley you too basically uh, I can say for myself, one of the things that I would set as a goal this year has already happened in early December, which was having our endurance team 
uh, win a team event. It was a six hour race at uh, Spa, and that was a that was a big thing for us to have happen. As much time and effort and uh, motivation as we have in our endurance team to get that win overall in a split uh, over the course of of six hours is something. So I would have to say that that I would increase that and and make a goal that's a lot more difficult to meet, uh, which would be for any one of our teams to win a 24-hour race this year uh, because there are fewer of those to come by. It's more difficult to maintain. You're going to go through a, a lot more uh, because it's it's th- it's been since, what, July since we did our last 24-hour race. We've only done two as a team with single entries in each one. And uh, we're about to have one coming up that, that we're going to talk a lot about in the coming weeks. But um, to get a win at whether it's Daytona, Nürburgring, Spa, Le Mans, uh, any of those events uh, is going to be a big goal. But I, I can see it. I see the path to us getting there because we're, as a, as a team, as a group, everybody's putting the work in. Uh, and we have people of, of the talent level and, and that are stable enough to get there. So that is one overall goal. Uh, goal for myself, uh, that's that's tough to think of. I'd like to win. I'd like to win an oval race in our our league racing uh, in the Tuesday or Thursday night series, and I, I don't know. That's also very very difficult because uh, the league that we're in is very very competitive, and I was able to knock out a win in the Wednesday series that has a cap on it as far as I rating. Uh, but I'm going to set that goal. What do you guys have in mind? Um, well, like I said, this is really only my first full year. Like when I started last year it was very end of April, pretty much the beginning of May. So so my first full year, like last year was really all just kind of learning, you know, honestly, just racecraft and just trying to get some speed and spending my money. So <laughs> That's uh, true. yeah, this year will be spending money and I'm going to really take a run for I rating this year, I'd say, and just try to get a lot more official races in because that was the thing with last year. And it's like, maybe it'll just be the same way because of all the stuff we have going on with the team is it might just end up being not as much official racing as I'd like, but that that's kind of my thing is just to try to get more I rating and see where that goes. Yeah. I'm going to join you with that because uh, early on, I think in, because it's been a pandemic sim, sim racing year and you can't talk about the 2020 year in review uh, without acknowledging that. And I think a lot of us raced a lot more. I know the two couple months uh, when I uh, everything was shut down, what was it, April, May, uh, no gym, no anything like that, uh, no routine. I did quite a bit of uh, especially oval uh, official racing just to pass time. And, uh, a lot of early morning races, get the coffee instead of going to exercise, I'd sit down <laughs> and turn the wheel and get on, uh, you know, class C class B oval races and got my I rating up to at, at one time, a little over 2000 and it's since gone down. And like you, Rob, we we get busy with league and team that you, you almost, if you did all of that and tried to catch all the official races you could, you'd almost burn yourself out. Oh, you absolutely would. What about you, Bradley? What do you got on the horizon? Uh, well, I just bought uh, the Porsche 911 GT3 Cup car, so uh, so I am going to win the uh, Major Pro Series in iRacing in 2021. <laughs> no, so I, I thought you I thought you were going to say you were going to co-star with Michael Fassbender in uh, yeah. uh, a new Alien movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Prometheus too. Yeah, <laughs> right. Um, yeah, no. Uh, I mean, I bought that car, so my my goal would be. Uh, since I just bought that car like yesterday uh, would be to improve in that car, learn that car, not necessarily improve, but learn how to drive it, uh, participate in official series and try to improve uh, my road. I rating, uh, which is easier said than done. Um, and some of these, some of the crowds we get. Um, but uh, yeah, that's the goal is I try to do one or two a week, official races of various series, whatever track I happens to strike my fancy. Uh, but I want to try to do that one um, and work with really the only Porsche entry that we would have um, and just see where it takes me. I mean, yeah, obviously it's nice to think, yeah, I've got that car. So that opens up some kind of path to the the esports or the major series. Obviously, that's that's probably never going to happen. But uh, we believe in you. 
Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, it happen. I mean, you, I mean, you've got that those fancy pedals and wheel, right? That's you've true, earned, yeah. earned and, a, and, a, and a lovely uh, paint scheme featuring yeah. into the apex. There we go. Yeah, we're going to mention. Uh, I'm glad you reminded me of that I almost forgot that. We're going to mention some of that about Daytona here later in the episode, but. Uh, We've got some good stuff, but yeah, um, I, I might yeah. get that. Actually, I make fun of you, and and I'm I've watched the Fastbender stuff just as much, and it made me want to get the Porsche too. But I'll probably get it too because uh, I don't know if it makes me un-American to say this, but uh, the the European Sprint Series and all that uh, when they juggled the cars around, took the BMW out. It's like my choices right now with what I own are LMP1, LMP2, or Corvette. And sometimes when I want to drive the GT in in those series. I don't know what it is about the Corvette. I run it on Monday, our Monday light, night leagues, uh, but I just don't always feel like driving the Corvette. And I don't know if it's the yep. sound that's underwhelming to me. Oh, it is uh, for me, yeah. The, the yeah. sound and experience for me is uh, not as good as it's just not. It's it's empty. Yeah. It's a very thin sound compared to the BMW. It sounds fantastic. So I might get the Porsche to to drive GTE and the European. Well, it's not GTE. Or what is it? Well, you see, I purchased the uh, Porsche 911 GT3 Cup car. Oh, oh GT3 oh, Cup car. You're talking about the RSR. The yeah, RSR. that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've never. I don't have that one. I don't have any plans to get it. I'm oh, okay. I'm loyal to BMW. Well, I, might, and, I might get that one for the European Sprint Series. That's the point I'm making. Yeah, I don't know about that one. I'll stick. I'll I'll well, race. What, what, honestly, you just honestly, sat here talking pro Porsche, and you're okay with Porsche. Yeah, but we're talking, I'm talking about the Cup car. That's its own its own thing. The the Porsche Cup Challenge. Yeah, your series. Yeah. So uh, uh, get the uh, – run the Porsche 919. Why don't I just buy all the Porsches? Why, why, don't, we just aban- why don't we just abandon BMW? They're not paying us. What are we doing? Yeah. Whoever will uh, take us under their wing, we will go with. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean yeah, That's talking. absolutely true. Uh, if, if McLaren would come in and be like, hey, race our cars, guy. <laughs> Let's be real, and Rob, you know this because you're on Twitter. We're dedicated to BMW because they liked uh, not one but two tweets by Madsen Racing. That's that is as much an official endorsement as uh, as you can probably get. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, in all honesty, I like I prefer the the look of the BMW. I mean, everyone has their their except for the the, and let's this transition to our next topic, the GT3. Or the Dodge, the 2010 Dodge Charger. Yeah, I mean it's it's uh, not the best thing to look at from the front. Um, the like rest the of it looks nice. Yeah, the interior is nice. The rest like of it looks good. Uh, it sounds good. Drives pretty good to me. I've I struggled mightily with it at uh, Spa, but that probably was setup related more than it was car related. Yeah, I drove. Um, I did a ton of twin twin ring Motegi races uh, the week of Christmas. And uh, started out with that GT3. It was my first time driving it. Uh, my setup, uh, I ran one from the Majors Garage, which I got a subscription to to try out. I think I'm going to try out Cup of Racing next month and, and kind of compare the two. Uh, I know you guys do VRS or Craig's. We all do our own different thing. But uh, I started with that, and it and I had issues under braking, and I spun out a couple times uh, under acceleration or braking. And then I... Uh, transitioned up to the BMW GTE and I was much more stable in that. So I seemed to, at least at that particular track, I wrecked more in the GT3 than uh, the GTE. So I don't know if there was anything to that or, or I just suck or what. Uh, it's it's weird. It's like, they're supposed to be easier to drive, but at the same time, like with the ABS and stuff, it's like sometimes you literally can't stop as fast as you need to whenever you're going really quick. So like, I really like the GTE cause I feel like I just have more control over it as a whole, but out of all the GT threes, I am still really liking the BMW. It's, it's fun. Yeah. It's, it's, it just represents stability and from, and comfort familiarity. I think you're, you've said that before, Rob, that it's, it's home. It's where you belong. Yeah, I'd agree. <laughs> yeah. I mean, same, yeah. Same here. It's, it's, uh, I mean, I've heard a lot of things. I know Patrick on our team likes the uh, Lamborghini. I mean, it looks nice, um, but uh, yeah, I think I'm going to stick with the BMW for GT3. Yeah, I will since I have it. Um, and one question I wanted to throw out actually about that Lamborghini GT3 because I noticed something watching. Uh, I was working on the hype video for Daytona for the team last night, and uh, I noticed we had two Lamborghinis on the track. And maybe I'm crazy and seeing things. Uh, is it true that the Lamborghini GT- GT3 car, the headlights on it, there's, you know how it has that bar of headlights on the front? 
like on the grill. It's got like a bar. I think so. Yeah. It's got like two little ones in the, in yeah. the center and then two on the outside uh, on the one, front. One of, some of them, I see pictures in, in the replay. One of them had no bar in the middle of light, nothing at all. It just had the headlights, the headlamps. And then one had like a bar of light, almost like those LED bars of lights that you see on these big trucks and Jeeps and things. <laughs> so uh, my question was, is that customizable? Can you yeah, select uh, that lighting? Well, you can actually buy uh, packets and add on uh, like uh, like a Call of Duty type game. Oh, I bet. You can attach cannons and oh, I bet. different things like that to your car. You can do, uh, what is it? Sure, it was in the last build. Didn't you see that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Pay to play or yeah, yeah. pay where? You buy uh, tokens. You use some racer coin. There we but go. No, I, that's probably a question to ask somebody that runs that car, but I swear to God, I, I, I haven't noticed that, that, I haven't noticed that. that myself. <laughs> I, I, don't, I haven't noticed that at all, uh, but I haven't bought the Lamborghini and I doubt I do. Yeah. Uh, so, well, somebody out I know Bruce Perry, our endurance uh, director, is a, a one, 100% club member, but I'm a little ways behind. Well, Bruce, I know he's listening. Chime in and let me know. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, that, that, I saw that and I swear to God, I noticed. Uh, unless I was being stupid and, and was looking at that's, the, no, that's possible. Uh, that is possible that you were being stupid. Yeah. <laughs> so GT three, we did uh, twin twin ring, which I can't say. Uh, then we had long beach and I neglected long beach a little bit compared to the week before at, uh, at the J Japanese track is what I'll say. Uh, I did one race at long beach in the GT three and I didn't finish the race because I wrecked. Uh, but that's not shocking at that track. I mean, it's, you get into a good rhythm there and it feels really great. And then you get a little cocky and then you slam right into the side of those uh, Grand Prix walls. Yeah, that happened to me uh, once or twice. Thank goodness they are mostly tire walls, so it presented no damage. Um, I slammed in a few times my first race. The second race, I've only done two this week. First one was okay. Um, I had, had a lot of wrecks into the wall. Uh, one terrifying spin in the... Uh, the circle where the fountain is um, and really no damage, no repair time. It didn't hit that should have knocked the tires out and would at any other track. When you hit that tire wall, it's pretty soft. So it's not so bad. Yeah. You had a pretty good race. You put a YouTube video up. It looked like you ran into uh, one of your competitors on coming out of the hairpin, I think. Yeah. Uh, it was, I didn't really run into him. It was uh it looked like net code. So yeah, I, I got a zero X and some smoke. You, you can blame it on net code. That's fine. Oh, it was clearly net code. There was a, you could, you could fit two hands in there. Oh, sure. Okay. But uh, uh, I got caught in my race. It started with, uh, I think what a lot of people have mentioned having happened. There's a lot of memes about it on, uh, all over the place for iRacing, which was the, the pile up at the green flag of all the different classes. And it could have, it happens in all three, uh, but it usually ends up with somebody catching the, the wall at the exit of the hairpin and uh, there being no place to go and people just kind of bum rushing in there and having to stop. And I, I, in my one race, uh, we almost got, we in the GT3 almost got completely lapped by the LMPs and we had just crossed the finish line. I don't know if you guys had any of that, but that was uh, pretty standard, I think, over the course of the week at the the new track. I didn't get any in on there this week, so I can't say. Your eye rating and safety rating are probably better for that. Yeah, chances are. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's a beautiful track. Oh, yeah. But LMP, I, you, Bradley, you were lucky. You said the race you were in, that, that yeah. there's a video well, on our YouTube, by the way, for people that want to see it. You said you were all GTE, and that is, that's perfect. Yeah, well, I had the, the experience of both. So the first one that didn't go so well, um, I, we had maybe – seven lmp2s uh, no gt3 cars um, and that one was obviously not as fun um, those cars would come around and wreak havoc because if somebody pointed out and i agree at uh, long beach you have to be right perfect where you need to be all the time or you're just going to hit the wall you're going to brush the wall coming out through the corners and when when you have to move around and let those cars go or try to go somewhere to file where it's obviously just going to work one car at a time um, it's going to mess you up. And it did me a few times. Um, and then you have the typical, in my split, we had uh, one guy running around wrecking people with his LMP2 car. People would get mad at him in uh, typical open session fashion. And uh, his response was, hey, man, I'm sweating. I'm putting in the work here. Uh, you need to get out of my way. I'm going to put my car wherever I want it to go. 
because I'm racing a race here. And you, if you're in my way, I'm going to, I'm going to wreck you. Of course he got disqualified. So that, that, that <laughs> lets you know that, point. yeah, that lets you know how that strategy works out. What, but, uh, uh, you may have said it and I, I zoned out there. What position was he running when he's, when he's talking all this junk? Like fifth. Uh-huh. Yeah, he yeah. wasn't racing for the win, but, uh, it's yeah. still kind of a, a dick thing to say, even if you were in the league. Oh, yeah. And well, I ended up wrecking. One of the times I spun out and wrecked uh, was to hit the brakes to let him go because he he dove in on me. And I knew this was after he had said that. So I knew who he was. And I'm like, if I don't get the hell out of this guy's way, he's going to just ram me. And he almost did if I hadn't got out of the way and dramatically uh, basically come to a stop at the end of the of the uh, front stretch. But uh, the second race, which, there, like you said, there's a video up. Um, I started P29 and I finished P10, perfectly clean race. Uh, hit tap the wall one time, and then had a almost a side by side battle. Drag race uh, for P10 on the last lap, uh, almost running out of fuel. I had like 0.5 estimated laps left. Um, so I mean, I cut it really close on strategy, and the guy made a mistake and just happened to get by him in a drag race. Uh, so that was one of the most fun races in a while. Yeah, I, I will say the YouTube uh, video is up on the Mad Sim Racing YouTube, and and it was actually pretty entertaining to watch. Sometimes those mashups are just—it's uh, interesting. You're just kind of watching the cars go, and sometimes you, it's not a real narrative. But there was kind of an exciting narrative to that video, and it was interesting, and uh, a little bit of dr- little bit of drama there. So it was, inter- it was good. It looked uh, definitely more enjoyable than my race. That's for sure. Yeah. Why well, I. I- I had a chance to do more and I decided after that one, I'm, I'm going to leave it with a good taste in my mouth. I'm not, it's not going to get better than that. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so we're going to take a short break here and, and uh, take some time for our great sponsors and supporters here on into the apex. Uh, when we come back, we'll be talking about the Daytona 24 hours and something called MSR international. Uh, so we'll be right back here on into the apex. Into the Apex is brought to you by our sponsors, Bad Weather Brewing Company, out of St. Paul, Minnesota, with craft brews like the Immortal Toast Infused White Stout or the Red Vein Red IPA. On tap or in the can, it's how endurance drivers celebrate post-race. Find your new favorite craft beer and order your mugs at badweatherbrewery.com. This episode is also brought to you by our racing fans at Great Hire Staffing. Whether you need help hiring one employee or 100, Great Hire can help. Hiring good people is hard work. Great Hire HR does it quickly and economically so you can focus on what's important, running your business. Check them out online at greathirehr.com. And finally, this episode is sponsored by Roscoe Wheels. Roscoe Wheels is confidence-inspiring aluminum. This means confidence in quality and confidence in self. Confidence in quality meaning they want their customers to know what their wheels are produced to the highest standard and tested to be as strong as anything on the market and are designed to keep you safe. Confidence in self, meaning they want their styles and fitments to make customers feel the way you did when you walked into high school with a brand new pair of shiny shoes, giving you confidence in yourself when you show up, whether it be to work or any event, knowing you look awesome. Rascal Wheels offers free shipping within Canada and flat rate shipping in the USA. Find your new look today at RoscoeWheels.com. And back on into the Apex, uh, January 2021, uh, first episode of the year. And this is a big month, and, and we as a team, and, and this podcast is not just a show about the team uh but as far as our activity as i racers and sim racers that's that's where we are coming from uh we've been working since november on the 2021 24 hours of daytona but uh you're seeing more and more as you get on uh for hosted sessions uh, anybody who is remotely serious about competing in the event and being prepared for it uh, you see a ton of open private uh, daytona sessions uh, and you really, we've been seeing them since uh, even late November as well. But you're seeing, I mean, you you don't need to even make one yourself at this point. You can typically find one that's open uh, at any time of the day. I'm I'm noticing at this right now, and uh, it's something that we're excited about because, and the three of us have been together for our team's entire 
24-hour race career, which is only two so far. It's hard to believe uh, we've done so many little endurance races uh, that are kind of preparing us and getting us ready, but nothing compares to those 24-hour events uh, and, and how painstaking it is. And we've been through all of the – anything that could happen has seemed to, to have happened to us from Le Mans to Spa in the summer of 2020. And now, uh, what is it, about six months or more, and we're about to take it on again with up to 10 teams if we keep uh, having a flow of new drivers in. We've got uh, five or six teams set and ready to go. And uh, we're going to be talking about it probably every week now leading up to it and have some guests on, including Bruce Perry, who's our director of endurance operations. And uh, you can also see what we have going on at our website, medsimracing.com, under the endurance tab on the menu. And I just wanted to get your guys' initial feelings about the race that's coming up. We've got kind of a lot going on with the track. We've got uh, a road challenge race that's two hours coming up in a week's time. Um, we're probably going to be sick of Daytona by the time it's all finished, but how do you guys feel about just the size and scope of the event and the preparation and, and the undertaking for, for not only our team, but any team, I guess I would say. It's a big one. Um, I'll be honest. I got a little anxious about it, to be honest. Like, you're so, like we've always done, you know, done a good amount of practice for the other ones that we've done and even some of the smaller events, but like this one's like on another level and, like I said, now that we've got Bruce in there and he's, like I said, been there to, to compete and, and win it. So, you know, it's it's something where, like I said, there's just, there's not that there's more pressure, but it's just that there's, like I said, it's just, it seems like just a, just a bigger undertaking in general. And uh, like I said, I'm just kind of anxiously excited to get it done. And I kind of like this time we got smaller teams than we're usually ever using. So it's a lot yeah. more time. Every person's got to be behind the wheels. So there's got to be a lot more coordination for stints and stuff. So it's just, well, yeah, it's just a lot to think about. Yeah, we we had kind of that happy to be there mindset about our first two, especially our first one. And we had a really comfortable amount of drivers to where it was really easy to schedule the stints. But this time around, we've got uh, teams of three or four for the most part. And that's uh, we had five or six, I think, last uh, the last couple. Yeah, I've always found six to be the happy number to m- myself personally, but it seems like some the, for the competitive side of it, it's it's three and four. Yeah, what are you thinking, Bradley? Yeah, actually, that's the first time it dawned on me the size of the uh, how how different. I mean, we before we would just fielded one car and threw everything we had at it, right? Um, so yeah, I mean, it's I, I I like the idea though, and I think that's the overall strategy of the team is. For one, we've grown so much even since uh, Spa, since our last 24-hour oh, race. Yeah. Um, so we have enough people that want to do different cars together. We have different groups of people that that not everybody we've paired based on, but some people have paired with other people they, they I think they run better with or they just click uh, a little more. So that's a good way to, to, to join people up together and race. Uh, so I think, I mean, obviously that increases our chances of a podium, of a victory, um, just putting as many cars out there with the MSR flag as we can. It also benefits our sponsors because we get to to present them in different ways um, and in different splits. Um, so I, I'm excited for it. Uh, you can't. It's yeah, like like Rob said. You can't say that you're not a little bit anxious about it. Every other one, we we're like, oh yeah, do you guys want to get together? We'll do it. This you know, let's do this six hour race coming up, and just it's kind of informal almost. Uh, we practice about it. In this case, we're going to have a whole command center built up by the time the uh, race comes. So it's going to be uh, kind of a big deal. <laughs> I mean, any team that's that's uh, serious about it, I'm sure they have a, a big setup. But I really uh, we want to toot our own horn here because we do feel good about what we've put together. And uh, but you get out there, it's unpredictable. I mean, the anxiety is exactly that that you're on a team and you're behind the wheel and you're, you're in control and, and your group of guys have been testing not to get you guys worked up, but you've been testing for three months, hours and hours, hundreds of laps, uh, all this work in, on a setup and everything else. And on lap one, uh, you're, you get, you wreck so bad you go in a garage. I mean, you don't want to, you don't want that to happen. Yeah. But at the same time, our team environment, which we had from the start uh, from Lamar was uh, if something bad happens, we look at what we do next and we evaluate it, and we we, I think the key thing is is not to to change our tone of voice, not to be negative, not to be 
uh, accusatory. You know, I think you get the gist of what I'm saying. I mean, you, you stay level. Everybody stays level. There's no room for for too big of an ego, basically. Yeah, that's been the philosophy from day one. I think that's what's attracted people to the team and kept them here. Um, and it's it's become like a family. We've we've seen that in the Discord, um, having our Christmas gathering um, and Christmas podcast. Uh, I mean, we've got a good group of people here. I think everybody on the team that comes in realizes that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, not everybody's going to get along all the time. Uh, but for the most part, our team has, has worked together in a, in a very impressive way. Um, so yeah, as we, we're not going to share all the team secrets, but, uh, but we have, uh, that's why I kind of what inspired me to make that video yesterday. Um, which if you haven't seen it, it's on the Facebook video. It is. Those who listen to the show that, that are on other teams or, or privateers or what have you, a little bit of a cocky video you made. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, if, if you're not gonna, if you put the work in and have the time, and you have all the guys that are willing to do it, um, be proud of what you built. So that's, that's, that's how I feel about it. I mean, we have a lot of guys, I know the cyber thunder crew, uh, which may tune into this from time to time, uh, have their own effort going. Um, it's nice to build. I mean, we're, we're friendly. Well, those are our friendly, friendly rivals, our brothers. Yeah. It's like yeah. OMR esports. We have, uh, we have two kind of friendly, uh, rivals teams and uh, everybody else, uh, is shut out, is shut out. Yeah. Is the, well, yeah, well, I mean, we, we're, I would say, you know, I think we're pretty good sports. Oh, yeah, we're, That's, we're yeah, you know. You but, get mad uh, every now and then, you shoot off a private message <laughs> in, uh, in a session. I mean, yeah. it happens, but you keep it off of the open, open content. Yeah, yeah but I mean, uh, yeah, I think uh, Madsen Racing's got something good uh, built. And at the end of the day, what we're all about is providing a good and authentic experience um, so with this being the first major event that we've had time to prepare for uh, with the full uh, grouping of, of team members, um, I'm excited for what we have. I mean, it's it's the yes is the race. The race is the thing. That's what we're working towards. It's also the environment building up to it. Um, is it more fun to just show up and log into iRacing and, and, you know, join a team on the forums a day before and go racing with people you don't know? Maybe, maybe you enjoy that, but that's the thing we're trying to offer. And I think a lot of the bigger teams offer maybe in not such an open environment is the whole experience surrounding it, the hype, the camaraderie building up to it with the practice, um, the organization, which is probably the number one thing is, is finding that organization. Um, so, uh, it's still time. I know we're still taking applications So anybody listening to this, that's new to uh, Mad Sim racing or considering joining us. Um, even just for the endurance or Daytona effort, there's still a little bit of time left uh, taking applications, putting some some last-minute cars together. Um, I think we have, hopefully by the end of this week, we'll have some uh, special presentations as it relates to the cars. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm, to, to make a short story long, I'm extremely excited. Oh, yeah, there you go. About, about our efforts in Daytona. So. <laughs> that was a great speech. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like Bill Pullman at an Independence Day. There we go. Yeah, we shall. We're gonna go on. We're gonna survive. <laughs> I can't even remember the speech. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, so the way we're doing it with our team is our team names are, are based around our numerous sponsors that we have. Uh, we have a lot of sponsors at this point, uh, including our excellent sponsor. You're thinking about the speech now. Yeah, and. Uh, we're going to be walking like uh, Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum at the end of that movie. At the end of the movie, we're going to be smoking. Or at the end of the race, we'll be smoking cigars, walking through the desert. Oh, geez. Uh, <laughs> I'm thinking of Judd Hirsch. You know, I'd be dead now if it wasn't for my David. <laughs> oh, God. There's a few people out there that can these references, right? Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, our, our wonderful sponsors at <laughs> Embracing. Um, are the names of our teams and uh, that's all already listed. Um, and uh, we were really thrilled to have the three of us, your friendly podcast hosts of into the apex. Uh, we're teaming up together with a, and we would be considered by our standards am amateur. Um, so we're not tooting our, you know, we're not inflating ourselves. Uh, and then we're paired up with David Contreras, who was the mastermind behind our win at spa. Uh, and he is our pro driver. Uh, and he is, uh, you'd have to race with him, but he is a go-getter. I'll just say that. 
uh, he is a killer, has a killer instinct behind the wheel. Uh, and it really is impressive, and you don't want to be in his way. I'll put it that way. Who's uh, that? Uh, David Contreras, our teammate. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I was I was focused on something else. Yeah, I see that. Um, <laughs> so it'll be the four. That's four, right? Yeah, one, two, three. That'll be four of us, uh, four four man team, on into the into the apex endurance. Uh, so look for that team with your friendly hosts co-driving an LMP2 for Mad Sim Racing and one of the splits on the Saturday to Sunday, 24 hours of Daytona. And uh, we'll be coming out with a, a new library for that LMP2, hopefully within the next couple of weeks. Uh, every car will be uh, unique to the sponsor that the team is named after. Yeah, um, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, to, And I'm excited to run with you guys. Excited to have David uh, join us as a, us, our trio here. Uh, David, as you know, uh, one of the primary movers in that, endurance victory that we got yeah i, I was a co-driver jason bivens was a co-driver but we will both completely say that that we uh we tried to keep it afloat ultimately i ended up losing us the lead uh that that david had achieved and uh we were speaking of anxious uh you you were mentioning how some of those six hour endurance races the european or what, what used to be the iRacing Lamont series endurance um were kind of low-key that race was anything but low-key jason and i were trembling I, I, to an extent in our first laps and uh, i was nursing the car which i think we've talked about this before but i was nursing it and that's something you, you've gotta i mean you're gonna want to be careful in a 24-hour race but uh, I, i'm sure there's a point where you're being so cautious that you're going too slow and it's dangerous in another sense but anyway th- that's our crew and uh, yeah same for me i'm looking forward to to the three of us uh, being a crew and and uh, and giving it a go out there. So last on uh, this episode, we wanted to uh, kind of highlight, not go into too much. There's not too much really to, to say about it. I mean, it is what it is, but uh, highlight something that, that we are doing at our own team uh, as far as Mad Sim Racing. It's called Mad Sim Racing International. Uh, it's something we started this past week. Uh, we noticed as we've, uh, since we started endurance racing, we've had open applications for the team. Uh, and uh, obviously with endurance and road racing, you get drivers all around the world, uh, Europe, UK and Ireland, Australia, um, you know, everywhere. And the problem we've had is we've had a few of these drivers from, uh, we had a driver from Switzerland. Uh, we had Jimmy from Australia who's still around and we still enjoy talking to him, but it's hard for, for these folks to, to really get involved with the team when there's only a, like one or two that are really committed uh, and and most of our active drivers are North American, whether it's Canada, the United States, and uh, it it really we had a couple of people join and leave, and and it's a shame to see people go. But we understand that they, during their reasonable hours to race, they don't have anybody to race with because the rest of us are asleep or or whatever. Um, so our goal with this is to have a group and build a group of active, dedicated drivers under our team. Uh, it, that are in that time zone on those parts of the world uh, that can maybe join a league that is based out of one of those areas that they can compete in together. Like most of us compete together and uh, jump into different races together or pick up races, get on uh, and talk on the comms and have a good time. Like most of us do and still be part of the the overall team and all of us be overall teammates. And, and then when the time comes for a 24 hour race, it all kind of meshes together perfectly. Uh, it lets some drivers sleep when it's time for them to normally sleep. And and when it's daytime for a certain segment of the drivers, uh, they can do their stints. Uh, so it seems to make sense uh, in theory, and we'll see in practice who's interested in it. Uh, we've got a couple drivers out of the Netherlands already. And uh, an interesting thing. I think it's it's going to be good to open that up and, you know, it, our philosophy at Mad Sim Racing is we'll give anything a try, and if it doesn't work out, we'll we'll take it away and try something else one day. So that's kind of what we have going on with that. Yeah, I'm excited for that. And like I said, it, it allows them to kind of people to still be active with the MSR banner. And like I said, when those 24-hour events come around, they're still attached to the team, so it gives you that that flexibility when you want to put stuff together for those long long hauls. Yeah, I think that's that's going to be important uh, because we I know we we mentioned uh, Jimmy Thomas that was with us uh, for Lamont and 
spa, right? He was with us at spa. He was with us at um, spa. So, yep. yep. So, uh, yeah, I know it's hard for him to compete, and I know he has his other other team as well. Uh, but it's it's yeah, it would be nice and beneficial to have that uh, either as as a team of its own, Mad Sim International, or to join uh, people from North America with and South America with him, uh, with or with folks from uh, other time zones and create a team that's perfectly suited for twenty four hour racing. So yeah, because you know, even. Even having one driver, one teammate uh, from Australia, in the case of Jimmy, uh, for our team, for our single car efforts at Le Mans Spa, uh, he was able to do triple stint yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, for us uh, from what, 2 a.m. to oh, yeah. 3, the bulk 3 of the overnight. Yeah. And, and a lot of us were able to sleep. I think uh, the one in Le Mans, I think I stayed up with him through the night and, and, and took that experience, made myself a coffee at 1 a.m. Eastern time. I think for Spa, Bradley, I think you stayed up with him. And uh, it's a pleasant experience. Jimmy, Jimmy is a pleasant fellow. I hope he's listening. And uh, we're glad that he's still around the team, but he's just not able to to jump in a lot because of time zones. So he does his has an Australian-based team that he runs, which is one of our brother teams. And uh, it, it'll be great to, to bring in more people, hopefully, um, from around the world that might be interested, uh, that are turned off because a lot of our drivers that are active are, are on at a time of day when they're not able to be on. Uh, so for any of our international listeners to, into the Apex that maybe have had interest in the team and haven't really uh, gotten into it because it doesn't seem to be based where you're based, uh, take a second look at it. And uh, so we wanted to highlight that because uh, we see that we have listeners from all over the world and and wanted to throw that out there as a new project that we opened up. So next week on Into the Apex, we'll get even further into the Daytona 24 buildup. It's the roar before the 24, as they call it. Uh, look for some guests and different people on the show from the team. Bruce Perry, we're going to try to get on at least a couple times, uh, including for a special episode uh, leading up to the iRacing 24 Hours of Daytona and probably another episode for the real 24 Hours of Daytona. So we've got a lot of endurance racing coming up, virtual and real, this month, and there's going to be a lot to talk about. Uh, so until next week, until next time, this has been Into the Apex. You've been listening to Into the Apex. Apex. Presented by Mad Sim Racing. Follow and join the team at madsimracing.com.